Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's safety chat. Hi, it's Mike with the Portage County Safety Council. I'm here with Josh from the BWC. Welcome, Josh. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. So can you tell our listeners what you do for the Bureau? Yeah, my real job is digital forensics. Uh, I've been with the BWC for about 18 years now, and all that time's been with the Special Investigations Department, so the Fraud Department. And uh, I handle digital evidence for our criminal investigations, uh, whether that's you know iPads or computers or phones, anything to support our criminal investigations and electronic evidence. But the other part, why I'm here and why I was here to present today was I hand our UAS program, which is our unmanned aircraft program that we have. Today, you gave us a presentation of the Portage County Safety Council, which is off the charts. So other safety councils, if you're listening to this, bring in Josh. If you're a business, bring him in. It's amazing. So Josh, tell us a little bit about drones and why they're relevant to safety. Sure. There's tons of ways people are using drones out there today that really revolves around safety. So anything from construction companies that are using them so they can monitor their progress, but also keep their employees off the site, you know, so they're not close to heavy equipment running around or, you know, in danger that way to a lot of inspections. So, you know, in my presentation, you saw, you know, windmill inspections and, and roof inspections and ODOT doing bridge inspections and all those things you know, if you're not using a drone, there's a certain amount of risk involved. And with the drone, I think when you're just doing inspection work and you're just trying to find if there's something wrong, not necessarily repairing it, why not send a drone up and keep your guys on the ground? Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned windmills, rooftops, farms and silos and things like that outdoors. But one thing I want to zero in on in your presentation, which I thought was phenomenal, there's a specific drone to use for confined spaces that you could actually go in some kind of crawl space with the camera and actually you don't have to worry about anyone getting some kind of gas contamination or getting stuck, fall protection, all the things by sending a simple drone in there. Yeah, so they have a, a very specialized drone. You know, as you saw, it has the big cage, round cage around the drone. It has a thermal camera, so you can, you know, if you need those that type of technology regular camera, lights, because obviously a lot of those places is pretty dark. It's a great tool to not have to send a guy climbing down in, into a pipe or into a big ballast and, and be able to fly that thing from outside and, and still get this high definition imagery that you can review from your office rather than being, you know, in those tight or potentially dangerous, you know, places. In your presentation, you showed a 3D model that you created from drone footage and it was unbelievable. Obviously, we're on a podcast. Listeners aren't going to be able to see that. But if they could look it up online, it's phenomenal to have that 3D map of your facility, your building, your property, accident investigation site. Yeah. Just phenomenal tool. Yeah, and, that, and that's really the big thing that we do with drones at BWC. So, so what we support is our safety violations investigation unit. And they go out and investigate, you know, part of what they do is investigate catastrophic accidents or fatalities. And fatalities is really where we're using the drones the most. And what I'm doing is going out and taking pictures of that accident scene and then using some specialized software that's building 3D models. And as you heard me talk about, you know, with an accident scene, uh, it, it's quickly going to expire, right? I mean, once that's happened, and, and the example I used was like a trench collapse, you know, which, you know, we unfortunately had a couple, a few months ago. And, you know, once that happens and once that's cleared up and, and everybody's out, they're fixing that pretty quickly. You know, they're filling that right. in or, or putting, the, you know, safeguards in. So you know, if you get there 
a day later or two days later or you want to go back a month later, that's not there anymore. You know, that accident scene is, is long gone. So we're able to do that and not just capture pictures of it, but literally we're taking the whole accident scene in that virtual model. So it's it's pretty amazing technology that we use. If any of your listeners are interested, the software we use is called Pix4D. It's pretty amazing stuff. And, and our flights are so short. I mean, you're getting all this data with maybe at most, probably one of our longest flights is like 12 to 15 minutes. Oh, wow. um, and, and, and out of that, you're basically taking the accident scene back with you. So one of the most cool. impressive things in your presentation is, I don't know what you would call it. Is it an aggregate supplier? Yeah, like a quarry? Yeah, like so yeah. You, you showed footage yeah. of a drone coming, literally scanning a pile of stone or dirt or yeah. some kind of, I don't know if it's crushed pavement or concrete, puts the dimensions in there and it could give a pretty solid estimate of the tonnage. Yeah, it's a great tool. It's it's the same same software that we're using to create these models. So yeah, a quarry or like a mulch company or anything like that, typically they want to come in every once in a while and calculate how much material they have there. And, uh, you know, see what's going out and coming, coming back in or whatever. And, you know, to do that, you know, the, the old fashioned way is they'd take a, you know, the track wheel and, and measure around the, the edge of it. And then they'd cl- right. be climbing up on the, on the pile and taking measurements. And, um, I don't know, it's pretty complex. And, and, uh, you know, you, there's definitely a chance of, you know, getting hurt either through, you know, falling off the, off the pile. I don't know. Or sure. usually you're, you're close by to, you know, heavy equipment that's running through there and, and, and taking those piles and stuff. So with the drone, you're able to stand you know, you don't even have to be on site. You could be, you know, way off off the site there and then launch the drone. And it's doing the same thing that we do. We're taking a whole bunch of pictures of that site. And then the software is creating that model, which is not only just, you know, the buildings and stuff, but it's a complete uh, terrain model. So you can click right around the the piles of whatever material you're trying to measure Hit compute and boom, there's your cubic feet or whatever measurement you want. And it's really that quick. And accuracy is every bit as accurate as somebody with a track wheel and trying to measure. It's amazing. (laughs) Who would have even thought, I mean, before this presentation, I wouldn't even imagine, I wouldn't even consider being able to use that as a measuring tool for inventory and things like that. So that is good. So if I'm a manufacturer, if I'm a safety manager at a local manufacturing or or distribution center transportation company, and I'm going to say, look, drones are cool. But I have no idea how I would ever use one for safety. What would you say to that person? Sure. And that's probably one of the things that we're interested in and why I come out and give these presentations is just to get people to start thinking about, hey, here's a technology that's out there that's readily available. The price point is really not unattainable. I mean, it's, it's within most people's budgets. And here's ways you can use this. You know, sometimes you just got to think a little bit outside the box of things you're doing. So even if it's something as simple as maybe you have to go up and check your roof twice a year just to see if there's issues that need to be dealt with throughout the year, that's worth it to use a drone to capture that those pictures. And that's a super simplistic thing that you would be doing with the drone. It's not technical, really, super technical. But that would keep your guys from having to literally climb on a roof and looking up there. So, yeah, there's there's tons of different ways. It doesn't have to be super complex, like building a 3D model or, or taking right, measurements. Yeah. There's some, Those are the, that's the fun yeah, stuff, Yeah, right. That looks really yeah. cool. But there's some just, you know, quick and dirty ways you can use a drone to just get you the data you want and stay safe. So. Man, I'm just thinking warehouse where you go, you know, lift trucks to go up and different things and the fall hazard. You could take drones to count inventory. I'm sure at some point or someone probably makes one out there with a scanner 
You can even, yeah, right. If not, they will. You know, after hearing this podcast, somebody's working on that. Right. I guarantee it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so I, I just remember working in a warehouse when I was a young man, and they had a, a building inside the facility. I, I don't know. I can't remember exactly if it was the offices and restaurants, but they had like a metal ladder that you could climb up, and they would use the top for storage. So if you needed certain things, oh, right. they would send one of us young guys up there to go get it. And there's no railing, you know, that kind of thing. They're breaking <laughs> yeah. all the rules, yes. which definitely is illegal now. I don't know if it was how long ago back then. But then I'm just thinking, and things like that, well, it may see if it's up there in a storage area. You can take that up. Don't have the risk. And I remember working at a, a box plant, and I worked on a corrugator. And in the corrugator, you know, you have this conveyor going, which all the signs that say do not run on, but you had to with a, a <laughs> gate that opened onto it with trip yep. lines because you had to do it to do your job. And I'm just thinking of all the several things that we had to look at to put ourselves in danger that all could be avoided yeah. with dronies. And I remember even in our downtime, they would – want us to get on a lift truck and go dust, spray the combustible dust off the lights and, and, and things and then want to do inspections, which takes a person to get in the truck and yeah. get your fall protection in order. There's a lot of time that can right. be saved with just saying up a drone. All that labor costs, not just the safety hazard, but there's a lot more into it. So that's awesome. Yeah. And these drones that we're using, I mean, you know, we're using an iPad that's, you know, sending you your video feedback and it's sending it in an HD video signal wow. back yeah. to you. So, I mean, to fly up even indoors and and try to look for, you know, a specific thing. I mean, you could see that real easy, easily, you know, those, it's high fidelity. So, yeah. Now, this would be a stupid question I would probably ask. <laughs> okay. So, all drones are not created equally, correct? That is true. You kind of made the comparison between a Walmart drone or a Target drone <laughs> that you see your kids playing. And you actually said, surprisingly, those are more difficult to fly. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, the Walmart drones you might get for 50 bucks or 75 bucks or whatever – um, and you know, my son has one, they're super hard to fly because they're so basic. They're not utilizing GPS satellites, like what the drones that I have out here are using. So there's no assistance. So you're doing all the stick inputs, you know, and if you're, you know, a racing drone <laughs> pilot, right, sure. maybe you're fine with that. But most people, that's a little tricky to do. So the drones that we're using, they use GPS to hold those positions. So like I talked about in the presentation, you know, I can take my hands off the controllers and that drone is going to hold that spot until I come back to it and, and move it to where I want to. So, yeah, people are always a little bit surprised at, at really how easy it is to fly these things. Now, you still got to train and, and, sure. and get used to the, the, the uh, how the controls work and stuff like that. But the hurdle is not super big to be able to fly that without crashing it. <laughs> right. And that's – that. see, if I'm a construction company, my mind would be like, let me go to Walmart and get one of these $50 yeah. drones yeah. to see if I could pull it off. Because <laughs> I had a skateboard one time as a kid and it just didn't work out for me, as you can imagine. <laughs> By looking at me, not the skateboarding type. It just doesn't – the coordination isn't there. So, I would probably go down. Let me buy one 50 bucks, 100 right. bucks at Target, whatever, and let me give it a shot to see if it's relevant before I pay – money for that and right. you're saying two different worlds yeah they're definitely two different worlds and, and realistically if you're looking to use these in a business you're probably looking at an investment uh you know for something i would buy right now you're probably looking at an investment somewhere around the two thousand dollar range probably that fifteen to two thousand dollar range can get you in with a really decent drone that you can i mean you could do automated flights um it's using gps you could fly it indoors there's a there's a lot you can do with that it, Which really that, is a pretty cheap yeah, investment. Yeah. If you look at the the fall protection risk, yeah, that can call from having someone climbing the roof or to hide one of those confined spaces yeah. and different and it can, things. It can pay for itself pretty quickly. You yeah, know, for some of that stuff. Now they're a relatively new thing. You know, for some of the drones that you use, 
How long do they last? Are they going to be used for a while? I'm sure it's not going to be something you're flying eight, nine, ten hours a day. You're just popping up here. There, so we we look in two, three, ten years. Oh yeah, right. Think? So yeah, like the longevity. We've had ours. Obviously, you know, we've been in it for a little over two and a half years uh, mm-hmm. with our program, and and these are the drones that, for the most part, uh, other than the thermal one I was showing you, um, those are all the drones we got at the beginning. Um, so they should last. Yeah, I would say five to six years. You should be good. The technology, although, is is rapidly changing. It's sure. crazy. Yeah. I showed you like that, uh, the zoom camera, that 30 that times amazing. zoom camera that is just amazing how far away you can zoom in. Right. And, and the cost for that thing was $9,000 last year. Now you can buy it for 2500 bucks. So It's kind of scary yeah. to think, how far out did it go? I don't know how the was distance like, to that, a but miles it, was, at least. It, it was at least, yeah, a couple it, miles. I mean, it started in, I know the, the people listening can't see the video, but it started in a close-up of a clock tower and ended up, felt like two miles away, right? Right. Where I mean, and you're talking at. only $2,500. So, yeah. I mean, it's really unbelievable. Yeah. So, last question is, okay, obviously, we're dealing with aircraft. What kind of regulations, what kind of licensure do we need to have sure. to fly commercially? Yeah, and this is the important one. And another big part of why we're out here is is we want to obviously promote this technology and, and the ways you can use it as a safety tool. But we're also want to make sure people are doing it the right way. Right? There's a lot of, a lot of pieces to the puzzle if you want to start using drones in your business. And uh, one of those is the, the FAA regulations. So, you do need to get a Part 107 uh, certification through the FAA. That came about a, a couple years ago. And that's really what's going to get you the ability to fly commercially. And, and, and the steps to do that is, is really you're going to have to pass an aeronautical knowledge test. So sure. it's a you know 60-question, multiple choice. And, and if aviation is, is not in your background, you're definitely going to do a little bit of studying to, to get there. Right. But but it's a, it's a test you can definitely get through. And, and, and that should get you up to speed on, you know, airspace and, and where you should fly. And I think those are probably some of the biggest issues that you see, like in the news where people are flying close to airports or near uh, forest fires and stuff like that, sure. where they just really shouldn't be flying. And I think a lot of people are just kind of ignorant to, to where they should fly or where they shouldn't fly. They right. just don't even get, you know, don't get it. Um, so if your business and, you, you know, obviously you, you don't want to have liability <laughs> towards you uh, sure. from flying a drone. You want your people to, to understand all the rules and, and that's the start. What is the average cost, do you think, from your experience? So let's say I want to send a, a staff person to go get certified and licensed. Yeah. So in this, yeah, we've, uh, you know, we've experimented with, a, with several different things on the, on the training side of it, of getting people up to speed and being able to take that part 107 test. And, and we've done, you know, we've won, we've done one day training sent people to, which is, is not enough time. You know, right. it, there's too much information to learn it all in one day. We've done weekends with, you know, so you get a couple days. That's a little bit better. Uh, what we've had the most success with has been, uh, some on demand online training. Um, okay. we've, we've used one called Remote Pilot 101. And, and that's, I mean, they're just able to go in and view a video on airspace and they can view that video as many times as they want until it starts to sink in. Right. And uh, so that's a great tool. And, and we use some iPad apps to also get them uh, up to speed with like literally taking t- the test, you know, in, in the questions. But the test itself is about 150 bucks. 
Is there anything like your driver's ed where you have to have X amount of flight time? No. That part 107 test is all written or, well, it's multiple choice, but that will get you the ability to fly commercially. But that's just like the written portion of your driver's test. Right. There's no There's no test to show that you're actually proficient in flying a drone and some of these people are going to be flying drones in some complex airspace, you know, if you, especially once you get up into, you know, northeast where you've got some a pretty major airport and sure, some other, yeah. you know, satellite airports that are that are pretty big as well. That can be pretty tricky of understanding where you can fly. And then also, how do you fly when you, if you're flying, you know, close to big buildings or you're flying where you can't really see out a distance? You know, it's, it's easy to fly. You know, I'm from northwest Ohio and... It's all cornfields, and it's easy to fly when you can see miles, all you know, 360 degrees around you. But when you got buildings right up next to you, and you maybe can't see a helicopter coming in close to your airspace, um, you got to be listening for it. So it can get a little tricky. So you know, that's where that training comes in into, and and uh, continuing to do that. It's it's not one of those things where you buy the drone, take the test, and then don't take it out of the box for you know six months. You you, you got to continuously use that skill. So I remember seeing a YouTube video. <laughs> I'm sure you've you've seen these, you know, going through all the, the drone footage. Oh yeah. But uh, I think they were at Central Park. It was before it was real common. Yeah. Like, drones were available to the public or cheap enough to buy. Yeah. No one really thought about them. You just kind of thought about them, maybe like in a military sense on the news or something. And they put like a witch costume. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, seen that. that. Yeah, I've seen that. Chase around <laughs> Central Park. Have you done that? <laughs> no, no. I've also seen the video where they put the uh, the toilet paper on the bottom of the drone, and then their toilet paper in people's you. trees. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? That's one? terrible. Wow. Well. <laughs> we don't do that at the BWC, though. I don't believe that. We're now, gonna, Nick, oh. if you're listening, we're going to TP your house with Josh's drone. <laughs> we're just kidding. If you're listening, all right. Yeah. So that is illegal, right? They may not have had regulations because you said you're not allowed to fly around people and different things. Yeah. Well, if you're flying in Central Park, New York's a pretty tough place to fly to start with. Right. <laughs> to Stay get, away, to right. get authorization. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that could be a little tricky. It's a little yeah. gray. <laughs> All right. Just throwing it out there. No toilet paper. <laughs> have fun Halloween. No. Can't do it. Stay away. I know some dads are going to be tempted out there to have yeah. some stuff flying right, around. Right, right. Out of a pile of I'm leaves. I'm not officially endorsing <laughs> right. that. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. I might leave this in a podcast, by the way. Well, Josh, thanks so much. It was an awesome presentation. If anyone has any questions for you, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, you can just reach me by phone at 614-332-7343. And if you have any questions about drones or starting a, a program with your business, I'm more than happy to come out and, and, and meet with you or talk to you on the phone, email, however you want to do it. It's an expertise we have that we're willing to share with uh, any Ohio employer that's looking to do it. So, All right. Thanks a lot. Everyone be safe. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.